What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of Write Who You Know. I'm Matt Hausfetter. This is the podcast where we talk all things screenwriting, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. It's Friday night. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, I'm coming live to you from my studio in Laurel Canyon, California. It's been a shitty, rainy week in L.A., but uh, there's hopeful sunny skies for Saturday. Uh, today on the podcast, we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, full disclosure. I've known her since I was about a teenager, um, and we've come and gone from each other's lives, just doing our own thing, but we have a, a very similar uh, circle of friends. Harper Dill, ladies and gentlemen, very excited to have her. She has worked on the Mindy Project. She has worked on the Mick on Fox. She wrote the Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson movie, Marry Me, which you can now stream on Prime Video everywhere all over the world in 240 countries. I'm so stoked uh, that she came to join me for lunch to talk screenwriting. She has a great story uh, about starting out as an actor and transitioning into screenwriting. And uh, I think you guys are really going to dig this episode. So from my house to your house or into your cars or your AirPods, wherever you may be, this is Write Who You Know. Pass. Nope. We love Matt. It's just a really hard time right now. The industry's contracting. Come back to us when you have some bigger attachments. Tell them write what you know. No, tell them write who you know. I feel like you have so many irons in the fire. One is going to let go right now. Listen, the answer... Look at this fucking board, man. <laughs> the answer is yes, but like... Everything moves at a glacial pace, I know, as I know. you know, and it's terrible. And um, what does Kelsey do? Kelsey does uh, event production. So, yes. like, oh, of course, I knew that. She does like, like when Amazon was like, "Hey, we want to do the Lord of the Rings premiere on three different continents on the same day." Kelsey was like, "Got you." Oh my god! So she that's does like cool. huge. That's fucking cool. Huge corporate malarkey. Okay. <laughs> Like the um, use of malarkey. Thanks, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, Harper, here's I'm gonna start. Okay, I'm gonna start. Sorry. I just wanna here's what I wanna know. Okay. What was there a moment when you were growing up that it was maybe it was a movie you saw or a book you read where you were like, I wanna be a writer? Like how did you get into this whole mess? I well, I really wanted to like be a performer, if I'm being honest. I uh, did see some credits oof. as an actor on IMDB. That's like from my dark, sad period that I wish. <laughs> You're from your blue period. From my blue period. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I mean, there were so many. Like, movies were one of my very best friends growing up. So, um, I'm trying to think of like what exactly. I do remember in um, and this is not a movie, but just a, something when I would I saw Hair in uh, in college. On um, a play or the, the John play. Travolta John? The, the, the <laughs> I just want to get our story straight for the listeners. No, that's that's really good to clarify that. Um, and I remember like literally just like hair standing on end. And I'd already like my mom had played that soundtrack for me forever. But I was like, this is like it. Um, but no, like there were some that have like Adventures of Baron Moonchaz. And I remember I was like, holy shit, this is so incredible. Um uh, what were some other? My mom showed me postcards from the edge when I was in high school. That's probably one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't think 
yet. I was like, I would write something like this, but I was like, I, I'd love to, I'd love to star. In I've never, like I've never seen that, but it's definitely on my list. Is, is Nicholson in that, or am I thinking? No, it's um, that's Heartburn. Okay. I think you're thinking. Well, and Terms of Endearment. Um, Heartburn also another favorite. It's um, it's Mike Nichols. Carrie Fisher wrote it. Carrie Fisher's like my hero, like number one favorite writer. Um, and it's about, it's Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine and Meryl Streep is like a recovering addict and it's like her story and she's an actress. She kind of plays a version of Carrie Fisher and Shirley MacLaine plays a version of Debbie Reynolds. Okay. And that really probably is the most like impactful movie I saw. And you saw this as like a teenager or you were in college? I forget. I think I was probably like 17 or like 18. Perfect age. Perfect age. Impressionable. Very impressionable. I mean, I wasn't really, my mom always encouraged me to write, but I wrote like, oh, I wrote some very tricky one acts that were at the one act festival in in high school. That's wonderful because (laughs) the only thing that I wrote uh, in high school was like, I wrote a book called Dying to Get Laid, which was about basically, basically it was, it's not even a book. It's not even a novella. It's like me I saw Cruel Intentions and Sebastian like has a journal. So I was like, I want to do that. But then it became about a boy who was afraid he was going to die before losing his virginity. Um, and it's horrible. And every once in a while, my dad was like, whatever happened to get with dying to get laid? I'm going to send that out to people. I'm like, if you do, dad. Oh, my God. Let's unearth that. <laughs> Maybe that we should start another podcast where yes. we read a chapter. Yes. And oh I get canceled God. at the end of the podcast. It would be, it would be great. That sounds fabulous. Oh my god, dying to get laid. Okay, so Oh, also what about Bob and Mrs. Doubtfire? I would say those two I know that's not like No, those but are those classic. were like Bonafide. I watched those probably 20 million times and I was like if I could do if something led me to this space in any way, that would be really cool. What did you love about Ms. Doubtfire? Aside from everything? Aside from all the LOLs. <laughs> um literally just like God, I mean, I I miss like late '80s, early '90s, like all those comedies that were very like hard, funny, but also um, like very tender. Mm-hmm. They were also like they were all made you feel good. Yeah, and I'm kind of an optimist. I mean, Alec is watching like war, prison, fight, you know, UFC videos, and I'm like, I'd love to like rewatch. Mrs. Dabba. <laughs> so. who, who plays um, Robin Williams' brother in that? You know the guy who goes, oh, any closer oh, and you'd be ma. Harvey, Harvey Firestein. Yes, that's he's who it is. He's exquisite. the best. He's the best. <laughs> he's so good. He's so good. A movie that probably wouldn't be able to be made today. Um, I think maybe you'd have to kind of strip it down mm-hmm. and kind of reshape yeah. it a bit. Um, but I love, you know, love that. There were some that I've just seen, like, I don't know. Those kind of now, of course, I'm blanking on anything I've ever liked. That's okay. Um, but and where did you go to college? I went to NYU. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. I went just to, like Felicity. Walk us through it. Literally went because Felicity went. Shut up! Are I, you serious? I mean, I was influenced by influenced. I was influenced by uh, uh, by Felicity. She had a backpack and she had wavy hair. She and... has one of the hottest theme songs, by the way. I'm a late <laughs> Felicity comer. Incredible! It's like. Uh, I can't think of it right now. It it's goes, in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, do, 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 do. Yes. there's like a little like a like a spooky minor under. Yes. Underplay. And then all of the kind of shots at like Dean and DeLuca mm-hmm. and all. Of, I mean, you, so you've watched the whole thing. No, but oh, I'm, okay. I'm like I'm like I, I always get to the end of season one and then just like life takes over and I my just, wife gets pregnant or we move <laughs> or you know kind of big important things. It is 
incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. It's J.J. Abrams. It's J.J. Abrams. I mean, in everyone, it was, oh, God, it was so good. But no, I love, I, I followed, my brother went to NYU. I went to NYU. I went for, um, for theater. I was in the conservatory for theater. Um, and that was probably a mistake. Um, I ended up double majoring in journalism later on because I was like, I can't leave with just like an acting degree. Um, but I was like wanting to like party and it was like a intense conservatory. Like I think it was five days a week. You had to be there at nine. They would like shut you out if you weren't. I was just like, I was out until like three. Like I can't do this right now. (laughs) Um, but it was ended up being really fun and amazing but it kind of took me a while to like get into the groove there lifelong friends anybody that we still keep in touch Maggie with well, did you get you guys didn't meet there though right well we kind of knew each other um by the way we're talking about another writer maggie mole shouts like, to brill- maggie mole brilliant maggie mole brill. um and she but when she came to nyu that's when we like became best friends got it um and we were like very very thick as thieves wade Wade Marcus, he's coming on the pod uh, tomorrow. We love Wade. Yeah. Um, who else was there that we? I'm trying to think. I, different, but like my friend, friends. I'm still friend. Farron Einhorn. She was in Harvard sailing team. Oh wow, well, that's serious. <laughs> She's hilarious. Like they were just. It was a great crew of people. Um, but I think for a while I was like pining after. I don't like. I don't know why because I went to NYU, but like I was pining after like a Gilmore Girls experience and then i was Uh like wait i chose to like come to school in the city so like need to kind of lean into that um and then i did did you stay in new york after college for a while i did i stayed for i think almost six years until i ran out i literally ran out of money and were you pursuing a career in acting during these six years uh well right out of school i was a sleepaway camp counselor um what sleepaway camp because we could i could do an hour on it's my favorite topic it's great let's get into it where where four winds westward ho orcas highland washington favorite place in the world we still go back like twice a year um i'm going on a trip with five of my girlfriends from camp in like a week that's a pilot i that's i know (laughs) i love camp um it's where did you go to camp I went to a couple of them. I went to Timber Ridge in Virginia. Thank you. I went to Androscoggin in Maine, which was all boys, very okay. intense, like yeah. sports camp. Yeah. Nothing could make me go back to that age. No. No. It's brutal. No. But I but but in in a, in other I'm glad you had good experiences yeah. outside of that one. Yeah. Did you go back as a counselor? No. I uh I, I ended up I went to this camp Timber Ridge that was like boys and girls and like yeah. loved it. Snuck out in the middle of the night, had a girlfriend. It's like a wet like, hot American yes, summer. It was day. I discovered I had a wonderful gay camp counselor mm-hmm. who put me on to one of the most important seminal albums which changed my life which was Dave Matthews Band's Crash. Oh. Um, incredible. Yeah, he was <laughs> wonderful. Every camp is like DMB, Dispatch, sublime. Uh, OAR, Sublime. Like there's a real kind of that. Indigo, I don't know if you guys were Indigo Girls. That was huge at my camp. Mm-hmm. We were big Indigo Girl heads. Okay, so your camp counseling was oh, in 2007, 2008? 2007, and then I applied for this job. I wanted to work in production. I thought I wanted to do development. I kind of hopped around a bunch. That's okay. So I thought I wanted to do development, and I... um got this job working as Jonathan Demme's assistant. Um, and I came on for like, they were just starting to edit Rachel getting married. And so I was on for that. And then we did, um, 
he did like a lot of Neil Young concert films. So we did a Neil That's Young a trunk awesome. show. It was so did you cool. Ever get to, I'm sure you got to see Neil Young. I did. That's and incredible. he was amazing. And yeah, it was like such a, me and I, you know, my family was at home and Jonathan was incredibly like inclusive and lovely. And so he would include me in a lot of like family stuff because I didn't have him there. And it would always be like, just like, you know, wild people floating around David Byrne and like, you know, it was like the cool, cause he's a big, he's a, you know, he didn't yeah. stop making sense. That's and incredible. so he took me to like all their concert, you know, he just was really, it sounds like a dream job. It was, I mean, it was intense. I think any like genius person is like, oh, you had a Lydia Tar <laughs> kind of, kind of boss. He was, he was wonderful, like truly so wonderful. Um, and we did, um, we did a, a, a movie or we're working on a movie that he'd worked on forever in like the lower ninth ward and, New Orleans and then we the last thing when I was working there was the Bob Marley documentary which actually ultimately I think was finished by Martin Scorsese some someone else I actually did, I never saw it um but we like went down to Jamaica and met the whole family like it was like a very very cool, cool experience and he Maggie and I and Lucy Michelle did these like videos these co kooky comedy videos which actually were so fun and um I had shown them to him um, and he was like, I want to direct you in one of them. So we went to his house in like Maine and he did, there was like one character and he did like a, a spinoff, like one-off video. That's um, awesome. Where in Maine really does cool. he live? I, God, it was a small town. Like outside Portland? Yeah. Okay. That's I where can't... Kelsey's from. Oh, That's really? That's why I ask. Yeah, she's a Mainer. God. Somewhere where I think Stephen King lives nearby. Yeah, okay. I'll ask but I feel like he lives has yeah. like seven houses in Maine, so Probably. I don't know if that's really helpful. Probably. Um, but he was incredible. He was incredible. Um, I don't know if I was a great assistant, but I really loved him. Um, and then I worked for his producer for a little bit and started um, as kind of like more part time, and then started auditioning. <laughs> And I did that for a little, which like just gives me the chills now when I think about it. Um, Were I you was... pursuing like management? Like, did you have any representation as an yeah. actor? Did you start pursuing that? I did. I was hip pocketed by. Do you know Susie Fox? Yeah, do I know Susie Fox? Love one of the best Susie in the Fox. game. She's exquisite. Ankle and... UTA went to range, I believe. She did. Wow. She went to range. Shouts to Susie Fox. Shouts. Never met her, but wonderful <laughs> reputation. She has it. She is beloved. And she was really awesome. And she was really. Um, cool and, and helping me out. I mean, I, and I was starting to write. Um, uh, so there was that piece of it. Um, but yeah, but I was so delusional. I was like, I'm going to write something that I put myself into star. Like, I mean, I guess you kind of need a little bit of that delusion when you're that age, but, um, yeah, then I, I was living, I lived in this awesome apartment in Chinatown. My room was like the size of like a ship's quarter like it was half of the it fit my bed okay um it was like seven hundred dollars and i still couldn't i just couldn't cut it and so i moved home and in with my parents for two years and i worked it i was 25 so Back it was like yeah okay. so it was like i had kind of it was a little bit of a There's nothing wrong with that you had to you had to do what you gotta do gotta do what you gotta do and i worked at huckleberry for okay. a year and i babysat hell yeah and then a friend was like, BJ Novak needs a personal assistant for like three to seven hours a week. And like, I was like, oh my God, like me, like <laughs> I am that person. <laughs> Just like veered off the freeway. Um, I was BJ, I'm coming. 
I truly was like so overly enthusiastic and just everything I look back on was so mago. Um, but yeah, he was like a, he was lovely. Um, he what was, was your interview like? Cause I'm so curious. Do you I, even remember it? I don't even really remember it, but he was so cool. He was such like a pal. That's nice. Like he was so nice. Like he, I think he even like was like felt bad about like having me like do his stuff. I was like, I work for you. Um, but he was lovely. And then this script that I had written, um, that I'd started writing in New York, the, the, the one I was going to star in, um, so, so crazy, um, ended up getting on the blacklist, which I feel like doesn't really mean anything, but feels like it means whatever. And it did I, back when we were It did. Well, what year point, were you maybe? on? 2012, 13, I think it was 11 or 12. <sighs> I'm a I'm a twelver. A twelver. Yes. Okay, so we're from a so yeah. I I mean I I back I like, then I'm it really was to, like an achievement. It really was. I was and I had I mean I was like there was I had nothing going on. So I was like this is fucking cool. Same. Wow. They announced them on Twitter in 2012, and I remember like refreshing Twitter, <laughs> and I just like you had thought that I had one publisher's clearinghouse. No, it's it's huge. Oh my god, it's huge. Um, I still had I zero money, but um. But he, but I, so I didn't tell him really that I was writing. I kind of vaguely, but I was like, he's a real writer. I'm like a fake writer, but he saw the list. And so he like asked me about it. And I was like, wow, that <laughs> weirdly serendipitously was like uh, incredible. And then he read it and he brought me onto the Mindy Project. So oh he's God. entirely responsible for my That's incredible. first job. He was a, a true guardian angel. Have you seen Vengeance? I loved Vengeance. Me too. It was so good. It was incredible. It was so good. I know. And I feel like it should have gotten like more. Dude, 100%. I saw that and I was like, Ashton Kutcher, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Where has he been? I don't know. But in, in true serendipity, like Laurel Canyon, whatever, a buddy of mine stayed over one night before he went on a like a quest to New Orleans. And he was mm. like. Hey, can I go with you to walk moose? My my friends live up the street. And I said, sure. Um, and he said, he's actually one of the producers of Vengeance. And I was like, oh my God, I love that movie so hard. And so he took me to meet this guy who's our age. And I was like, dude, Vengeance is literally my fucking favorite movie <laughs> of the year. And it is. And I'm shocked it wasn't nominated. Me it too. Was it was so, I mean, it, the I thought he was fabulous yeah. in it. And then I also thought the writing was just so good and weird. Yep. I know. I know all the good ones are kind of slept on. So was Mindy your first TV staffing job? It was. Did you have yes. any clue? Like, had you ever been in a writer's room no. or seen a writer's room? Did you have an agent at the time? I take me through this moment, Harper. I did I was at WME um, for writing? For writing. How, so, how, so this is what I I'll always ask everyone: How did you get your agent for writing initially? Like, was it based on that script and the blacklist? It was on that. Yes, yes, but someone who was at. Um, WME kind of like kicked it over to them, uh, which was very kind. Um, and so it was, and, and it had just been set up with, um, with, uh, oh my God, with Mark Platt um, and Net, this woman, Netta Armian, who had been John Jonathan Demi's producer, who I had worked for. And so it was like that had happened. That's and then, pretty epic. Mark Platt produced Drive and Wicked. I, you and... Didn't know it. So it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I, th I just like think on everything that I um, 
oh God, the way I handled everything. But I just, it gives me chills because I was so bad. I like talk about it in therapy because I'm just like, oh. Like, but I feel I just... like if you if you hadn't done the work though, like let's say if you didn't have a script, you would not have gotten an agent and not yeah. gotten BJ's respect and maybe the job and I, then the Mindy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think like I, some of it's just the right timing and some luck and then, other, you know, obviously just cont- continuing to grind, I guess. Um, but I feel just uh, uh, a, a well of gratitude for a lot of people who didn't have to do anything but all helped me. So Like I think <laughs> – you do have like guardian angels, like when you yeah. most need something or like are at your wits end. It's like something does have to give, and it eventually, hopefully, always does. And you get yeah. to keep putting quarters in the arcade of this fucking nut <sighs> career. Know. And that's like anyone who ever like literally, my mom like will be like, oh, this like high school daughter, like or my friends like you know daughter who's in high school, and I'm like, yes, let's go have lunch and like let's be best friends because I remember that just like. I would do anything. I would have done anything to like just try to figure it out. And ah, what do whoa, you, am I okay? Yeah, you're <laughs> when you so wait when, out. when it's okay. <laughs> um, when you go to these coffees and lunches that your mom sets you up with, because my yeah. mom, you get these mom all the time. The yeah. They're like, hey, so and so's kid wants to move to LA to be a writer. Do you have any advice? I'm like, yes, don't. <laughs> um, but I do love going with them and inspire and trying to be someone inspiring. So like, what do you say to a young so-and-so? Oh God. And I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just so curious. Like if you have any words of wisdom, I mean, I'm trying to think of what I, I met someone recently who's just like the sweetest. She's about to graduate from uh, college. And the first thing I said was like, watch like, Every night you got to like treat it like you just got to watch like one or two movies like every night for the next like couple of years because you just got to. And I feel like there's an interesting thing where like we had to there's like so much like reverence for everything that came before us. And I wonder if that's I don't know. I just talk about I really don't know Gen Z at all, but I feel like there's less of like required viewing and reading and stuff. I talk about this all the time with with my wife and that like. Yeah, it was almost like a prerequisite. Like you had to listen to Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin yes. and the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, totally. and then you could only appreciate like <laughs> you know at, at the time it was like uh, Kings of Leon or Black Rebel Motorcycle yes. Club, and you had to see all of these movies from the seventies and eighties to understand yes. how we got the Wayne's Worlds, et cetera, of the nineties. And exactly. I was like, I was a blockbuster nearly every weekend. Me too. Just loading up on candy and movies <laughs> and doing my work. Yes. And when Netflix started, I did the DVDs yeah. and it was like, you'd go through like, you do Hal Ashby and then you do, you know, it's like you really had to, I feel like, no. And I feel like when we were trying to get jobs, like those references like meant something yeah. if you knew that. Yeah. And I don't know that that's, what is that quote in Clueless? It's like how my parents will feel about the nine inch nails. Oh, like it's, uh, it's my, my parents will feel, my kids will feel the same way about nine inch nails that I feel about m- the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Travis Birkenstock. Yes. Travis. <laughs> he went to Oakwood. What's his name? Why are he we forgetting did his Breck name? Meyer. Breck and Meyer. Oakwood. He Legend. Was, he was cute. Yeah, I've seen Look him at the at dog park. Oh my god. Pre COVID. Wonderful dog owner. Ah. Oh, Just the best. I love that. <laughs> that's like a good sign of a human. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, I I feel like that's what I was like, and I just tried to like write her a list that is like so all over the place, but it was like all my favorite movie. I mean, I was like, I don't know. You don't have to watch these, but here's some. Um, and then I was like, you just got to kind of be willing to do 
anything. Like I was like I was a set PA and an office PA and a, I would like truly when I heard that like job for BJ, I was like, I will do I'll clean your car. I'll do whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I was a PA on Project Greenlight 3 and this was in like 2000. Amazing. Four. I was still in college. I was 19. But I remember like the magical elves were the producers and they also did like Project Runway and they're like bazillion dollar reality producers. <laughs> um, I used to have to wash the two principals cars, not like by hand, but like take them to the car yeah. wash and we're like, okay. Right. Great. Like I get to get stoned <laughs> in the parking lot. Like, will they wash the car? I'm happy to do that. This is what you want me to do? Dick around and, and wait for a car to be washed? Okay. Yeah. Like I'm dead. Like I'm scrappy. So like I'll, I'll really do, I would have done anything. Anyway. And I think you have to have a little bit of that. I like that people are advocating for themselves more and there's a, a standard of treatment and all of that. Um, but I felt like it was like a rite of passage. So I kind of passed that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then, okay. So take me So take me back. Your first job as a staff writer. Yes. You have no clue what you're oh, doing. It was so bad, yeah. Tell me, tell me what that experience was like. Were you intimidated? Yes. You know, being <laughs> around such heavy hitters like Mindy or BJ. Yeah. It can be done. And I'm sure there were other writers on that oh show that are like. Like the funniest, truly some of the funniest things were said in that. Like. Nothing will ever be funnier. Like Matt Warburton, he'd been on The Simpsons and Community, Adam County. We had Ike Barinholtz and David Stassen, oh, uh, Jeremy Bronson, Chris McKenna, who's written like 15 massive movies since then. And then Tracy Wigfield came right wow. after 30 Rock. And yeah, so I was intimidated. That's amazing. <laughs> I uh, was very, very, very green. And I'm not even trying to like shit on myself. I just really didn't. I didn't even know – I didn't really know what a room was, honestly. I didn't even know how it worked or what you did and, like, the politics of – you know, obviously rooms, you know, rooms yeah. are different. But this was definitely, like, I think more, like, old school and, like, you know, you are in a specific place, which, like, I get. I respect I res – everybody does it differently. Yeah, I was just like, wait, someone's going to bring me lunch? <laughs> I know. Like, oh, my God. In the parking space? And there's free candy. Oh, my God. And an – like, a desk? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I couldn't believe yeah. – I'll never forget my first day as a staff writer. I came, like, an hour early, and the only person there was, like, the office PA, like, a career <laughs> office PA, a lovely guy, but he was like – well, he like looked at his watch and was like, "I was Why just like, look, dude, I, I, I've, I've scrapped to be here for 15 years, so I'm gonna fucking be here the second you allow me in the door." Yes, I, same energy. Like I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was really blown away. Um, and yeah, no, I, I was, um, I was really intimidated. I was pretty quiet to be honest. I just couldn't find my ground. And when I was trying to be funny, it was like. Terrible. Like as soon as I try, it was just like so bad. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it was intense. She's, you know, very very talented and the hardest working person I've ever met in my entire life. And I think I just like didn't, I didn't know what was going on yet. Well, there's like lore about that. I don't know if it's you guys. It was like there's 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 Hollywood lore that. The Mindy Project season one and New Girl. It was like you guys had sleeping bags because you would never leave. You know what? We we did stay late. We stayed till like, but we would kind of cut off at like one. I feel like the latest I stayed was like two. 
Yeah, we did one. a couple 3 a.m.ers on Undateable, and I was just yeah. like, again, I was like, this is like sleepaway camp, except right. there's candy and I get to go home. Right. No, that's exactly like where I was just like, cool. Um, and also, like, I was dating out, like, we lived in, it was like so low key. Like, I didn't have kids. It, it, it was totally fine. Um, New Girl, they definitely, I had, I interviewed on that, and they were like, are you ready to, like, sleep at the office? And I was like, again, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Although I heard that that would, that got quite, um, quite intense mm-hmm. quite intense sleeping mm-hmm. schedule there yeah um but yeah no we had it was it was intense and well some of the more senior writers on undateable they were like annoyed that they you know and they had families and kids yeah, and i get yeah. it like they want to go home and me i was just like i get to hang and tell <laughs> jokes with all these great people like how lucky are we and they're like you don't shut the fuck up you staff writer <laughs> like i was like too eager of a beaver i guess i, I bet you were so good in a room I tried. I, I mean, I like, like I didn't. It. I didn't understand. Um, like, again, most of the people that uh, the undateable season two is when I started. Like, it was mostly a room of staff writers, and then like two or three higher ups. And I think oh, that was by design. Cool. So there was a lot of like first time energy, and I think that's amazing. Bill, uh, Bill Lawrence, like to do kind of like showrunner school. You know, like yeah. the the more senior writers probably like rolled their eyes or got you know paid attention to their phone but to me i was like dude i'm a sponge like this yeah. man has a quarter of a billion dollars from from writing like how do i do that <laughs> yes you know oh my god yeah the legend status of like some of these people yeah and they're cra- it's whether it's mindy or bj or bill or whomever oh my god oh my god so i remember one day right after tracy had joined us like tina fey was had a meeting on universal or something and Tina came in the room and it was just like Tina and Mindy talking and we were all, t- and I was like, what's like, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't just, I just was frozen. Like I felt like frozen the entire, the That's entire incredible. season. That's yeah. so nice. The the most exciting person that came to the Undateable Writers Room was Shooter McGavin from Happy from Happy <laughs> I Gilmore. I love him Dude. and Requiem for a Dream. And he did and he it. did his bits. Like um, he was he was <laughs> only too kind and like he knows that everybody's just gonna like make him do it. So he came like armed and, and ready. Oh, I love him for that. Yeah, yeah, he was the fucking best. <laughs> um, okay, so first is Mindy Proj. Did you yeah. work on that? Multiple seasons? One season? One season. Um, uh, and then you went to... Then I went... Then I just did movies for like three years. Oh, no shit. Okay, I thought... Yeah. I, I didn't understand. I wouldn't begin. I did my homework. I didn't know if you had gone directly to The Mick. Was that next? No, the Mick was like... It was about three years later. Um, I... Yeah, I was... Um, uh, my contract was not renewed. I've had one of those too. <laughs> for it's the okay. mini project, um, which also like I'm like I get it. Like I I understand. It's okay. Um, uh, but I had went right into working on this movie called Camp Rules um, for my- Paramount. No. Yes. Yes. Because I was an assistant there, and that oh was one God. of the projects in development, and you love camp. So no, I love camp. Take me into this now, oh Harper. God. This is exciting. Well, Kiwi Smith had. Do you know Kiwi? No. Oh God, you got to meet. She's like my. Oh, she's a real mentor to me. I love her so much. She's written like Legally Blonde, oh my God. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh my like God. literally every fun movie you can think of, it's Kiwi. To me, those are like Casablanca and all of that. <laughs> me too. Me too. I truly was like, these are magical movies. And she was so like, so modest, so lovely, so funny. And so she had written the movie, and I came in to do a rewrite, and we really just like worked. 
hand in hand. And it was like the producers were so fun. Um, do you know Alex Allie Bell? Pla- Allie Bell, love Allie Bell yeah. and Alex Plappinger. Yeah. Oh, like dreamboats. I just pitched um, her something on Friday. Hopefully, oh, no way. I think she's probably going to pass. We'll see. We'll hey, yeah. I don't listen. <laughs> I feel like that could be you and Allie Bell together. Could be. Could I love be so. it. So Camp Rules, what was the Camp Rules about? It was about um a, a woman who was about like 24 who was kind of like didn't have her shit together. She wanted to be a dancer, but like she wasn't. And um she needed money and she was getting kicked out of her parents' house. So she pretended to be 18 or 17 or 18 and be a camp counselor for the summer that's fun as hell it was really fun we've tried to like revive it so many times and like it but it it was so fun i think at one point um jillian bell read for it way back when like we did a a table table read read. at kiwi's house and i mean she that i mean she's just like ideal for any movie yeah um but yeah no never never went anywhere damn it and then i went i did Right after that, this movie called Hello Ghost that was an adaptation of a, a Korean movie that's um, really, really sweet, kind of sad. And it was for, for 1492, Chris Columbus's company, which was fun. And then I kind of hopped around. I did like three more. I did something for Alloy. I did something for Jerry Zucker. So here's script. what I have to ask. Mm-hmm. How did you get those jobs? Because as someone who's like a young <laughs> – like I feel like no one was ever like – I would kill someone to have someone be like, "Hey, Matt, do you want to like, do you want to like work with a director that had, like a Paramount Studio movie about Sleepaway Camp? Like, did you have to audition well, or pitch a take, or they were just oh, like, get us Harper Dill no. from the Mindy Project? Oh God, no one was She's saying Tech that. She's Tech after the season one. <laughs> yeah, get me they Harper. They didn't want her back. She's available. Um, no, I because uh, uh, I was brought in as a as a feature writer for Friend of Bill, and mm. so like I wasn't like doing oh, TV remember, was okay. not really. Like why I was primarily there. Oh no, my pitching. Oh, so you were I predominantly like a so, feature person. Yeah. And the TV thing was like a. Yeah, it was well, like an yeah, okay. amazing opportunity okay. that I was like, "There's no way I could not do this," and I had zero money. Um, I needed that. Oh my god, I remember getting like at Halkelberry, they'd give you like your tip in this like paper bag, and it was like all ones, and I was just like, "Fuck!" Like I got it. Like I got it. I I literally just have to. Which and I loved the job. It was like so fun, but I was just like I couldn't get a place. I couldn't do anything. But yeah, so then I just did features for like the next um, while. Uh, yeah, pitching for you know forever. Got it. Endless pitches. So do you um, do you prepare like like for example, we'll just use camp rules as the yeah. Did yeah. you like put together like um. Not like a PowerPoint, but like a verbal pitch or like, did you know what you wanted to add to it? Or like, what was your spiel? And if you don't remember, like. uh, I don't remember for that. And I feel like they've become, now I just do like a full outline, which is kind of selfish because, I mean, obviously a lot of the times I don't get the job. But if I do, then I have like, I get to skip the outline step a lot of times. Um, It was not that then. It must have been like, you know, my personal connection to camp and. Mm a bunch of references and then like a loose shape of that movie. And I like to use a lot of dialogue in like pitches. Me too. Yeah. Cause I feel like it just is, then you're like, Oh, they see like the way that you write. So maybe that I, I don't totally remember the early, um, ones i had a lot of trouble memorizing so i always you memorize well i i had trouble i had i tried to like get and then i would end up just reading it because i did you know i didn't memorize the reason why i actually (laughs) like pitching on zoom is because like i prop up my ipad you have no clue it's here yes and like i'll just 
you know, look over at it every once I look over at the cue cards every once in a while. That's what I cover the entire screen with Same. my document, and I don't look at anybody. And I'm so much better. I'm so much. I mean, I'm just awful when I'm, I have rosacea. It's just like it's bad. It's not. No one is enjoying it. I can feel them getting bored. You know, I just feel it. Um, but yeah, so I think that was the way that I did those ones. And then. Yeah. And what then, brought you back to TV? Uh, so Dave and John Chernin had that show. Creators and of the mix. Shout out Dave of, and John. Yeah, those are my guys. LA boys. <laughs> LA boys. And yeah, Dave and I were in the same class at Harvard Westlake and John was a year above us. And um, I really have like such a well of love for them. And they did a, a, a reading of their, of their pilot. And um, after that I did like a punch up pass and then from that, they were like, would you be down? And honestly, I was like, I'm, like, not good at TV. I don't think that you want me. Um, so I was trying to talk them out of it. Um, but then it ended up working out. And it was the most fun job ever. It was so fun. It was. Yeah. They were like, when I talk about it, they are like, we were so fucking stressed out. I'm like, I know, but I had not a great me. time. <laughs> An incredible time. Did you, Heather um, Flanders worked on that show. Love Heather Yeah, Flanders. she is hysterical. Oh, she, yes, you guys, she we was on Undateable. Undateable. Yeah. Yes, I remember this. And didn't you know the Libmans too? They were on the second season. So. No? Okay. I don't know. There's. I feel like there's all knows everybody but yeah what, what was the room on the mic i mean i know you said it was amazing and fun but like um oh, so is it hard working with your friends do you do you are you do you uh enjoy working with your friends because it can be tricky as i mean i did yeah. fairfax with my two besties and it like as fun as it was there were moments where it's like because you know each other so personally yes it just it, it can be a, a recipe for greatness but also disaster if you know. always makes me nervous to work with friends always yeah. Luckily, this was like okay, because um, they're very like it's very like fraternal thing with them. So like they could kind of like, you know, we could say whatever we wanted to each other, and it was okay. Yeah. Um, it's not always that way, but that that oh god, it was, it was so. I'm trying to think of why I loved it. It was so they really got that I was into like joke writing yeah. and they would kind of send me off on drafts and, and I would just punch up scripts and I really love that. I'm not at, as good at um, like in a room pitching jokes. Like I just, again, I get like really nervous and so I need to just write it down. So they like understood that about me and they just like sent me away. That's awesome. And I loved that. Um, but the people were so, oh my God. And it was a different like crew. Like I feel like the Mindy crew was all i mean there were some like that but it was like all like lampoon people yeah. and stuff not all but a lot and then this was more like people who had just come from like always sunny and um just like a different energy um both great but very different and they were just oh my god laura chin oh who is like a she she's so cool she had a show called florida girls and then you worked she, on that i did i did a episode of that which was like oh they're just incredible um and then she just wrote a movie like semi-autobiographical um about her brother and she directed it and it's starring woody harrelson and laura linney and Holy it's shit. incredible it is so, i haven't seen the movie but the script was so good but like everyone went to go do like something cool and like guaranteed dave and john are gonna like have another banger they're so talented did Mick go for um, what two seasons? Three Just two seasons. seasons. Oh, that's yeah. such a bummer. It's a bummer. All the good ones. Yeah. Nothing stays. People now are like, 
two seasons is like what you want. I'm like, no, I would like six in a movie (laughs) in residuals and a million dollars. Thanks. (gasps) Six in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so cool. Okay. So you did the Mick. Yeah. You did an episode of Florida Girl. Yeah. Then we find ourselves, do we go into feature land again or are we still back in Adolphus? Currently. Okay. So we just kept doing it. We did, I did Sweet Valley High with Kiwi um, for Paramount again. And then I did, um, uh, I don't know what I did, but I did something else. Dollface. I then I went. Well, I, I then I went into Dollface. Got it. Okay, um, so you were thinking of your features. I was thinking features, but I can't. I don't. I don't know what it was. Um, I love that you have so much work you can't recall. No, it, that's not what it is. <laughs> I mean, it was just that's not the way. This over a long period of time. It's sounding like more work. No, than, this uh, is uh, wonderful. <laughs> I'm, um, nothing gets made. That I know. Um, I know. Nothing. Oh, you know what? I started "Marry Me" on the only thing that has been made on um, on. I think that was on the Mick because I met the director of "Marry Me." Yes. Um, she uh, uh, directed some episodes of The Mick, and so I met her there. And she loves summer camp, and that's like actually how we became friends. Oh shit! And then she went to go pitch uh, on Marry Me, and she brought me on to Marry Me. Okay, so it was Marry Me like a, a movie that was going to be made, and like what's the what was the origin story, or was that like I want to just know, like t- yeah. take me through writing no, Marry I... Me, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, By the way, Harper, for all of your friends, Marry Me was a huge win <laughs> for us that were writers because A, it got made. It means everything. B, it has J-Lo and Owen Wilson, which are both living ledges. We love. And you can watch it on a fucking airplane. Like It's a perfect airplane movie. And it's available on air. Like, this it's is bit, yeah. you, this is the dream that like your family members, when they fly, can be like. Literally means everything. It means everything. A, a rising tide lifts all ships. <laughs> I tell I'll people I, I rode Mary me because <laughs> we, I was somewhat yes. uh, related to you as a friend. Yes. So, so tell, you us, did. tell us about it. We all it. wrote Mary Me. Yeah, we are Mary. Hashtag we are, we are Mary, Mary Me. me. Um, well, so I feel like if she, if JLo wants to get something made, it's probably going to get made. Did this it did, start with her? It did. It was a, a long time ago. This writer, John Rogers, um, had, I can't remember if he optioned it or Elaine Goldsmith Thomas. I can't remember what happened, but. I was a comic book, and then one of them optioned it, and John wrote a draft of it that was great. And then it kind of was like in this development, like and then pausing because JLo had other stuff for like ten years. I'm probably getting part of that story wrong. Um, and then Tammy Rogers came on to do a draft with John, or not, sorry, not Tammy Rogers, Tammy Sager, um, who is a hilarious, hilarious writer, and she's written on every good show. Um, and she did a draft with John and then it had been kind of there for a while. And then Kat attached to direct it. And that's when I came on and then it went like pretty quickly. Like I worked with the JLo's producer, um, Elaine Goldsmith Thomas, like pretty intimately. Um, we were in, in the trenches together and then, um, uh, and, and, and JLo to her credit was like very, very involved and very had really good notes. So you got everything. to meet JLo. I did. What can I did? I don't know if you signed like, NDAs. What was your first JLo meeting? I did signed you, did an you, NDA. Like, were you like, I got to dress? <laughs> uh, you know, like, were oh you intimidated? God. Yeah, like, but I had kind of psyched. It almost went like I was very confident in the beginning, and then it went downhill and dwindled into nothing. It wasn't like I gained. Like I got. It was crazy. Like on set, I was like a shell of a human because I was just she. I got so whatever. But um, the first meeting, <laughs> it, 
was at her house Holy, and where does she live? You don't have to give us the address, but like in LA? This would be this would be on any website. So I'm sure she's okay. moved Bel Air. Okay. So uh we um You pull I up at the guard gate. Well, that I did I did. I pulled up at the guard gate. Um was obviously that did a they kind gave of you a drive you, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was you on undateable. I was uh, there an hour early. Uh-huh. Everyone was like, why are you here? Um and we had the first um meaning was like in her uh uh like dressing room there was also like an office thing it was just beautiful beautiful space um and i go up and it's just me and benny medina at first who's yeah, like her, her, her music manager. manager and um he lovely he was lovely um and this was like my first in-person meeting with everyone everything else had been over the phone up until then and uh and he was like so Heather, um, Jen's gonna come in in a little bit, and I just didn't. I was like, I'm Heather. Like you're Heather I'm, now. <laughs> <laughs> I am Heather now. Um, and then, oh God! And then Elaine and and Jennifer came in like, you know, ten minutes late, and we had this whole talk about how it was gonna go and what was gonna happen. And Elaine comes in with Jennifer like ten minutes later, and Benny was like, okay, so Heather and I've been talking, and Elaine's like, who's who the fuck is Heather? And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, my name is Harper. <laughs> it was like, it was so awful. Um, but uh, no, but she was. It was great. It was. It was cool. She's. She was very direct in like a. a I appreciate that because I'm a beat around the bush kind of person, and so she just said what she wanted. She had like great ideas, um, and then we did the same. We met with Owen and had a lot of ideas and stuff too and they were just like all he was he read your draft and went, wow <laughs> that was good Thanks, that was good um yeah they were all lovely and then and then we sh- it took about a, a year and change i can't totally remember and then we shot it in new york okay hold on to pause because i have a question yes when like is there like a harper today it's going up for green light submission like was there like a <sighs> Like, a, oh, we're going to call you. Like, did you get the call? Like, we're going into production, I, baby. I, may, I don't know. I think it was, um, like, vaguer than that. Like, I think they were, like, like I remember they called about, like, who the list of guys they want. I think once they got Owen Wilson, then it was, like, okay, this is happening. Awesome. I think. It's very muddy in my in my brain, but I think that's what happened. I was on Dollface at the time, and um, and I think that was winding up. We had a long hiatus on that show, so it was during the hiatus um, that it was in New York. And yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly what they said, but and then a lot of the times the writers aren't there, but yeah. we had to do a lot of rewrites, and so I ended up being on set. I came like two weeks in, and then I was on set pretty much every day, or maybe four out of five days a week that's amazing and were you shooting on location in new york yeah we were um we were all over new york all over new york and um was there anything shot anywhere i don't think there was anything anywhere else how cool must it have felt to like sit in that chair and watch stuff that you wrote come out of owen wilson and j-lo's mouth it was it was a it was a very cool experience i think i also I have trouble enjoying those kinds of experiences. And so I think I was just kind of like stressed out by mm-hmm. doing and saying the wrong thing the entire mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I would love to be more present. 
I think uh, I think I struggle with that as well. Yeah, and just like mega imposter syndrome, like everything was like, oh, and I just was like, I'm doing, you know, I remember like going like offering an alt one time, and they were like, yeah, I don't know if that, fit. and I was like, great, I need to like quit my job. This is awful. Like I just had like a spiral. Um, but it was really, it was really cool. And I don't know if it'll ever happen again. So I should, um, you know, cause that's the rate of things is that, you know, nothing ever happens. Totally. It so. all moves at a glacial pace. And, uh, it's, every time it, every time it does happen, it's a miracle. A like miracle. truly like 175 things have to go right <laughs> when they can all go like, they're all like forks in the road and they just have to keep going right. It's, it's, they're truly modern miracles in my yes. opinion. Yes. Oh my God. No. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that was, um, that was, and then it got delayed, then it got pushed back and pushed back. Because of COVID? Because of COVID. Um, and then it finally came out on Valentine's Day. Fuck yeah. Did you get to buy a ticket to your movie and go and watch it in the theater? You know what? I don't. Did I go see it in the theater? Which is crazy. Yes, I think I did see it in the theater. It'd be crazy if I didn't. I, it's like my memory is not there. <laughs> so crazy that we had there wasn't going to be a. Oh, it was like well, right when there was another like flare of COVID, mm. so there wasn't going to be a premiere. And then their last minute was at the DGA, but then like I was panicked because like Miro was young, and so I wore a mask and like it, you know it was a very interesting uh, like night because they were kind of. Everyone was still nervous, um, but it was cool. It was cool, you know. We we haven't even touched on the fact that you did all of this well, be having be, having a child. Well, I got pregnant at actually. Oh well, Kelsey's a little out, but uh, right like in March of the pandemic, like right when it started. Oh my so God. I had so I had that had just happened in the fall. Or no, oh no, that had. Oh, you're right. I had just had. You're right. Sorry, I'm thinking of when we filmed it. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, um, I was like, oh, I'll take, after I had her, I was like, I'll take three months off. I took seven. <laughs> Amazing. I know. Well, I mean, I probably shouldn't have done that, but it's well, great. So what's what's coming down the line for Harper Dill Incorporated? Like, what can we look forward to? What can the fans oh. expect? Are you working on anything now without oh. uh, going into uh, yeah. specific titles, projects, whatever? I, I can tell you. Please, I can tell please. you. Um, like I don't know. know that anything will get made. Same. Um, but uh, I'm working on a few features. I'm doing um, a, a project for Sugar 23 and Netflix called All Signs Point to Paris, which is like a... Uh, a book adaptation of this really great book about this woman who basically goes to Paris to find her her soulmate. That's mm -hmm. me, that's a very reductive explanation, um, but that's fun right now. And then um, Candyland for E One. Holy has been, cow! Which is cool. Which is was really like a fun ex like fun experience in a way that like I'm like that is not my skill uh that this family movie but it's been really fun to do is it animated it's live not action? live action oh, yeah wow kind of like Adventures of Baron Moon I know that's not what it's going to turn out but like Adventures of Baron Moonchausen toys hook like those were definitely big heavy influences on that and then the other thing is um uh uh, um, this friend Bill, this 13 years later, has not been. It, it had a lot of lives and a lot of deaths, a lot of deaths, and um, now it's with um, Tea Time Pictures, Dakota Johnson's company. Oh, cool. Um, uh, they are so amazing, and we <laughs> we developed it as a TV show uh, after it had been 
redeveloped as like a film many times, you know, you know, you understand. Um, and, uh, and that didn't, did not work out. Uh, but so now we're redeveloping that version as a, as a feature. Um, and Dakota is going to be in it if that, you know, story of my life like literally just so superstitious now too yeah and convinced that everything happens in threes and if i don't knock on wood i'm only convinced way. that my car crashes happen in three because i always like <gasps> i'll back up into a mailbox and then i'm like <laughs> well now i'm gonna open my door into a biker like truly my i only have things happen in three with my car <laughs> oh no yeah, that's it i don't know why matt i don't like that i know me either i don't like that at all me either um yeah and then i'm and then Maggie and I are actually going to take out a pitch. Oh, well, that's More exciting. details to come. TV feature? Are we allowed feature. to see? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but that's like. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, but they're all, um, you know, over time and everything. And, and I'm, you know, I feel like I have to get everything in before May 1st. Do May we 2nd? think there's going to be a strike? Should we even ask? I don't Do I dare know. ask? I just listened. Someone sent me a podcast about it. Because uh, I didn't understand, I was like, I'm reading these emails, and I'm like, it's dumb. It's like not going in my head, which was like very helpful. But it sounds like yes. What do you think? It's so interesting. Some days I'm like, yeah, and then I'm like, <laughs> well, like I read that the woman who is now leading our negotiating committee, um, there's never been a strike as long as she has been uh, in her position. Okay. Which is wonderful. So I was like, okay, so that's a positive sign. Maybe cooler heads will prevail. Yes. Um, that's a yeah. Like every day, I hear like it's it's on, it's off. But the one thing that I can say, um, from like personal experience, is so Fairfax will be on Amazon until I'm dust, right? Unless yes. it gets pulled off for a tax write down. But, but Amazon just off. prints cash. How so cool the, is yeah, that? That's that's pretty cool. It's very cool. That's pretty cool. Having said that, nobody so this, can say that. This whole thing that we're of like residuals for streaming. Yeah. It sounds very nebulous, but I can I can I can <laughs> I can simplify it for you. So this thing is yes, gonna be on Amazon for forty years. Yeah. You know, fifty if I live to be hundred and eight or whatever. You might live till then. Totally. I feel that for you. Totally. And Amazon gave me and the other co creators one check for a residual for all of infinity of time. And it's like are you is that, serious? Is that that doesn't seem right? And like, meanwhile, like writers of Friends or you know syndicated TV shows, they get yeah. checks in the mail all the fucking time for residuals. Wait, so you get one and you never get another one? Basically. And if we push whatever, this is like a three percent rate. Is that? The I one? have no idea what the okay. actual like thing will. What I'm hoping though is that could it like retroactively? That's what I'm hoping is that everything that is on there <gasps> that would be you have. I don't know if it'll be retroactive or it'll be like from this point forward for every year that it's right. on there for every hundred thousand views. Like, I don't know what they'll, how we'll be able to uh, quantify yeah. how many times until they start showing us the numbers of shows. Like we're just, we, we learn like you is the number one streaming show this week with Ozark and so-and-so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, okay, we know exactly how many people are watching stuff on network TV or when Nielsen does it. Right. But I feel like if there's more transparency with the streaming services, totally, that's how us as writers yeah. can be like, guys, I mean, it's obviously crazy. we know Stranger Things is crushing it and that will be there forever. Right, but like right, right, right. the stuff that you don't know, but like some weeks you turn it on, you're like Wayne's World 2 is the number three movie <laughs> in the country. <laughs> so like shouldn't Penelope Spheris or whoever the fuck wrote that movie? Wow. Get... 
amazing that you knew that. Well, she direct she directed. I think I don't know if she actually wrote it. I forget. I probably Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Right. But my point is, I'm like, yeah, I want more money if you're gonna have my thing for the rest of my life. It's completely ridiculous that you don't get more money. I know. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's like shameful. Yeah. But here's my worry: is that they have so much unscripted and reality stocked that we just don't have any leverage. Okay. Is that that accurate? That's Maybe. what I heard too. That's not my. That's no, like listen, the fear of others that I've a, heard. As a brother, <laughs> as I'm my taking. brother who works in unscripted, yeah, sure, there will always be unscripted and always be documentaries. But um, people like when Amazon went from putting the boys all on at once to three episodes at a time, people like revolted and like rioted, and Amazon just puts them all on at once. So I have this feeling okay. that if you take away people's most beloved, like sure, people like Love Island and Cops and The Bachelor and unscripted oh, I programs, watch all of it. <laughs> but but totally same with so same bad, in this household. So but if you take away the scripted stuff, like people are eventually going to be like, well, why the fuck am I paying for Netflix or or Hulu or HBO Max? Yeah. Um, and at a certain point, okay. And I think there's I like just been state. for the last ten years, there's just been subscriber growth. Right. You know, it's just like how many look how many subscribers we we gained this fiscal queue. And so the stocks just keep going up and up and up and up and up. And finally we reached this peak where for the first time in since Netflix put on House of Cards, which was the first streaming original for them, the the numbers dwindled. Right. They lost subscribers right. instead of gaining them. And now all of these streaming services are beholden to board of directors and shareholders right and so when they say like we're losing subscribers the stock goes down Mm -hmm. everyone lose their mind they stop buying more people tell you the industry's contracting (laughs) that probably looked gross (laughs) i just i just realized (laughs) it got the point across um but my hope is is a cooler heads prevail but I, i really do feel like everyone treats writers like the lowest of the low but the truth is if you don't sit down in your room or wherever your office and write something. You know, JLo doesn't get her script. The writers on the Mick don't get their script. The writers of Dollface don't get their script. Friend of Bill, Dakota Johnson's like, where's my fucking draft? I think they, I think they find somebody else. To, right? But they can't <laughs> if all of us aren't it's working. It's true. It's true. No, I mean, ugh. I also feel like there's never in the stretch, and maybe, and this is coming from like deeply illiterate on this top like i just that's okay but i don't know yeah, there's yeah, not just, a lot of um renegotiating for feature i know things like the producers pass like that's pretty wild that that's just like i know a given i know um but no i mean you should be get it's insane and even all the free getting residuals and even on. the free work we do for like pitch like oh a, like a six God. to eight to ten page pitch document is just like free totally and they can give us notes forever because we want the job so badly because we're scared we're never going to work again. These people that I met yeah. on Friday, they were like, we want to do the bear and the whatever. <laughs> I said to them, guys, like, listen, if you're not going to pay me to do this, my development dance card is full. I just can't. And unless for you, you all, yeah. unless all of you, including the W2 with the production company, mm-hmm. if you're not all going to work for free for the next five months, either am I. Yeah. So I would love to help you. Uh, I really don't want to help you, but if you're going to pay me, yes. I have a child and bills to pay in preschool, I'll yeah. help you. But if not, no offense, but like, fuck off. Yeah. It's, that is really, that's like a, I'm really impressed by that because I don't have, I'm like too scared still where I'm like, I'll do whatever you say because I want, but I bet if we all collectively pushed back a little bit more, even in one of those spaces, even just the pitch, just the something that there would be, 
they have no choice at a certain, you know, and I also get it. It's like, that's the way it's not like these executives chose that. That's just like the way the system is. They're yeah. not out to get us, but um, it's wild. It's I have wild. found truly the most powerful thing you can do is say no. And I've only gotten to do it twice. <sighs> when Nicole Delaney and I wrote that Fox yes. pilot. Yes. I remember that. It was for Sony TV. And we had Lord and Miller as our producers. It's crazy. And I knew that Lord and Miller had a deal at Sony and at Fox. And the night before our pitches, as Sony does, like we we hadn't closed negotiations, but they were like, we're going to submit you our counter the night before all these pitches are set up so that you have no choice but to say yes, because if you don't, we're canceling your pitches. Wow. And so my lawyer called me and was like, hey, Matt, this is a scenario. This is below your quote. You know, what do you want to do? And I was like, say no. And he was like, are you sure? I was like, no one's going to. I said, let let Sony Business Affairs call Lord and Miller and tell them they blew up a show Great for them point. over fucking $40,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <gasps> my lawyer was like, okay. And I called Nicole. And I said, hey, Nicole, like, I know we're doing this together. But, like, you were like, let your lawyer lead it because whatever. Yeah. And are you okay with that? She's like, yeah, sure. And sure enough, by lunchtime the next day, they were like, okay, here's the extra 40 grand. Oh, and we reset the pitch for the next 24 hours. <laughs> and that was the only time so cool. I really got to be like, no. So cool. And it was because I knew no one was going to, nobody would want to be the person that blew up a Lord and Miller potential show. Right. No, totally. Over You're pennies so right. to them. You're so right. And I feel like that is just a very cool, I hope that I can, because I feel like my agent and my lawyer and my manager always expect more for me than I expect for myself. Cause I'm like, if we get a job, I'm like, take it, just take it. Like I don't want to take it right now and do, we'll do whatever they say. And like, I need to have that kind of like patience. Cause I, I, I don't, but that's of course they're going to blow that. They want to work. It's, but that was so the only sense. time I really felt like I have leverage in this scenario because it's the night before these pitches. And do you want to be the one to call Phil and Chris and say, right. hey, those pitches you're supposed to go to before you you go to Italy with your girlfriend is not happening? Right. No. So you're going to fucking buckle. Yes. But like now, cool. you know, I'm negotiating something with Warner Brothers Animation. Yeah. And at first I was like, well, I want this to be WGA, you know, and I was going to like go to war yeah. over this. And then. I learned Can like, they do that? Well, here's what's so fucked. The animation guild really was created for animators. Like right. years and years and years ago. Right. It wasn't for writers, but like the animation writers somehow like fell into this I guild. Know. And because Warner Brothers has made you know, has been making animation since like the Flintstones and the Jetsons, they're like, dude, this is how yeah. we've been doing this for a hundred years. Right. If you want right. to show Warner Brothers animation, that's the deal. And it's the same deal we gave Mindy Kaling for Velma. It's the same deal we gave to Justin and Patrick for Harley Quinn, who now wow. run Abbott Elementary. And they're like, that's what it is. If you don't want to do the show with us, like, get the fuck out of here. But yeah. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. And so I'm at the mercy of, like, what am I going to blow up this potential, <sighs> you know, show? Because I know you're not giving me as much money as I normally do. Or I'm going to do what I did with Fairfax, which is... I'll take this shitty money yeah. and just hope and pray that it becomes South Park. And then in season three, when you actually get to renegotiate, if your yeah. show's a hit, right. that's when you can get the money. God. So I just am like on this hope and a prayer. I think know. the hope and a prayer is going to work. And like, I, I, like, had I known with Fairfax, you know, we got like multiple offers on it. And Amazon was like, this has to be an IATSE show. And I didn't know better. I didn't know to be like, no, right. WGA or like, get the hell out. And they were just like, well, it's a non-starter. We just don't do that on Amazon. But then I found out, like, yeah, you do. Like, a couple of your shows are WGA shows. Wow. And they're like, well, those are, 
you know, Undone is do- done by an outside studio. And I'm like, so everything just like has a loophole. Wow. And what I also learned talking to this executive at CBS. Yeah. Because they have some animated shows like Star Trek Lower Decks and they're right. doing Everybody Hates Chris. And what he told me, though, is that it's show dependent. For example, Everybody Hates Chris was going to be IATSE. And the the writer, creator, showrunner talked to Chris Rock and was like, it's really important that the show is WGA so that I can get better writers. Yeah. Healthcare. Right. Yada, yada. Chris Rock calls and CBS says, make the show fucking WGA. Of course. So if if you have talent big yeah. enough to like take a swing for you, that's how I am told that gets done in animation. But That's so interesting. For the most part, yeah, I have no leverage other than to like hope one day I become Dan Harmon and end God. up with some. But for the moment... <laughs> You will be. You're going to be the next Dan Harmon. I see that for you. What makes you want to do animation, by the way? I'm so curious. Oh, I love it. I love animation. Um, I It's a lot of the stuff I'm just like, I, I watch all that shit. Yeah, tell and me. I what are your had, I mean, honestly, one of my number one that I'm like, this is a brilliant movie is Trolls. I think Trolls is unbelievable. I run to the, the Justin Timberlake song it's on the movie. treadmill. It's one a banger of a soundtrack. <laughs> like it is just the whole every song. It's banger after banger. Ariana Grande is mm-hmm. on there. I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, I I don't know. I'm really attracted. To, I think the movies are just like uh, just enlightened. I mean, I thought obviously you know Up and Inside Out and all of those, but like I mean, I watch all. I watch Crudes. I watch. Do I have you seen Re- Moana with your daughter? I'm sure. Of course. Of course, we've seen Moana. It I mean, is so good. It's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, on Kanto, I uh-huh. mean, they're all just really like life affirming. Yeah, they're and smart I, on a level where I'm like, totally. <sighs> and they have that. What do they? What's that term? They co-viewing. Um, but it's like the idea that like they they are wildly entertaining for kids, and they are also for adults is fascinating to yeah. me. Like that's such a hard line to walk. In live action, you kind of feel like you can't do it because it's like kind of creepy or just like doesn't work or it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. What about Bob? We don't really make those, those movies aren't being made as much like anymore. Um, but yes. And also just the people, like I had such a lovely experience at like illumination that I was like this, you know, this was, there's just something about like no faces. Like it's just, very chill. Yeah. And there's a lot of artists. I mean, the art is unreal. I remember they did like, I don't know if it was for the Grinch or maybe a Sing 2. I can't remember, but they showed like basically all that they had like six storyboard artists um, with different takes on like the opening. And it was like, oh, wow, this could be done in all of these different ways. And the jokes they like told within the drawings, I was like, this is it. like some of the best physical comedy yeah. in animation that yeah. like, just so good. I mean, yeah. And then now, of course, now that I have my daughter, like she's just loves it all. We're big Bluey. Do you guys watch Bluey? So funny you say that. <laughs> I for for months I was like, what the fuck is this Bluey? Blah, blah, blah. We watched it a month ago. We're on season three already. Yeah. Mia has a Bluey <laughs> talking stuffed animal. Yeah. Because we got rid of her pacifier, which was a fun. Did you oh, guys do that? We but- have to do it, and it's been. We tried, and it was ter- it went terribly, terribly. So this is going to be a parenting podcast for the next few minutes, but that's okay. <laughs> Tell me what to do. Uh, I wish we could get Kelsey because she's literally the master. But what we did know. was we told Mia for like a week leading up to it, like, Passy's going away. He's going to go on to another household to help another baby. Yeah. And you're a big girl now, and big girls have stuffies. 
and she and she kept being like, Passy going bye bye. We were like, Yes, Passy going bye bye. Like Santa, you know, like he's coming here. Yeah. And, blah, blah, blah. and then the night, the first night when we took Passy away, we said, you know, Passy left a, a present for you somewhere in your room. He wanted you to find it as a gift, as a going away present, because you're a big girl now. And she like wow. went on a scavenger hunt through her room and she opened this like diaper drawer and there was like a bluey in there. And the bluey talks and like oh does God. the theme song and she like lost her fucking mind. <laughs> and was like, Passy, what? Who gives a fuck about Passy? Um, Wait, but was she like weeping for the passing? You know, for the first, for the first, um, like when she would, if she spits it out in the crib, um, yeah. when she was on it and she'd like scream, Passy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, I couldn't get her back to bed if it was, you know, early enough in the morning. Yeah. Oof, that's a devastating. I know. Yeah. And so uh, we had a lot of success with sleep training. And so with this, I was just like, look, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off. The first few nights will be annoying. But, like, after the third night, I mean, she wasn't even screaming. She just, like, right for the first 10 minutes, she was, like, crying. But she's sleep trained. So she just, like, conked the fuck out. And now, yeah. you know, she sees other kids at the park. She's like. Passy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Passy's still helping her. And then he's going to go to another baby. Like, I, I like that he's a, it's a he. Yeah, I, it could be cool. a she. It could no, be no, a she. Hey, I get it. I'll fall into the. Lovey is a girl. Her lovey, lovey is, is a girl. girl. That's okay. for. Is, is your lovey, is your daughter's lovey a. We don't. The lovey don't hasn't gender. taken. No, no. No, I bet the lovey would be a girl, but we haven't. She can't. She's not. We have like four loveys in her bed, and she's just not taking. When we take away the pacifier, it's like guttural sobs. Like, it is like. Um, and then I feel t so terrible and I'm so weak, but we just committed to like, now it's only in the crib yes. and it's obviously only for nap times, but it would, it would kind of linger. It would like move into like, oh, well, we're getting ready for bed so you can have it now. And that was bad. We had yeah. to be like very yep. clear, but it's a, I Do you mean, have that book, No Passy Duck or whatever? No Passy. I mean, no. uh, we're oh going to swing God. by me as library guess, yeah. on the way out. <laughs> so we, we literally mentally, like, in, we fucking incepted her brain. To, like, oh my God. You know. We have to, that we, we really, really, ugh, we really need to do that. Also, like, we're bad with, because, like, I love, I'm a TV addict. We do, we do dabble in a lot of TV. That's okay. Kelsey gets mornings. mad. And me too. Kelsey gets mad at me, but, like, Mia wakes up sometimes, it's between 7 and 7.30. I feel incredibly lucky about that. Amazing. We're doing six. Okay. Six, six thirty sometimes. Okay. And it's like she comes in our bed, we put on a bluey or we put yeah. on act one of the good dinosaur Moana and just drinks. <laughs> the good dinosaur. It's fucking so sad. It I fucking know. breaks my heart on my I God. know. It's a sweet one. It Ugh. is. But yeah, so she'll have her milk and then like we'll uh go downstairs for breakfast. But yeah, every morning starts with like a bluey or a Disney. Yeah. It's it's just that is our and I well, we took her to a first movie yesterday, which was like actually way too soon and too scary. We well, yeah, why'd you take her to Scream Six? I, I think that was fucking crazy, Harper. <laughs> insane, insane choice by us. No, we but we got there and we were like, wait a second, like she's very small. Um, we took her to see Puss in Boots, and there's a character in it that's literally death. Mm -hmm. I've heard I about didn't this. know that. I did. I should have researched. I just figured it would be kind of more because we'd seen Shrek, and Shrek is very, yeah. you know, we're chill. looking for some funny yes. cat pratfall oh comedy. God. Then she talked about it all night. Oh no, the bad wolf that's dead. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. But and now she's oh, reading no. Kafka before bed. <laughs> God, I just get so excited about showing her stuff that I'm just like, and then it's like, whoa, like she's not even three. Like, I know. chill. She's I know. so cute. Wanted to know everything. Well, Harper, thank you for coming to do this. This was an absolute joy. We covered parenting, your career, where everything. we're going in the future, <laughs> the, the strike. 
I hope I didn't sound like an asshole. No, or you sounded okay. wonderful. Okay, but may, we maybe you yeah. sound good. Yeah, it's like, a, what does Russell and Stillwater say? He's like, just make us look cool. <laughs> yeah. That's my job, uh, you know? That's love my that job. movie. Me too. Thanks, Harper. Thank you. Thank you.